You are listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White and today's episode is called That Quit Voice. When you start a business, there is a lot to learn and at various times on that journey, you're going to feel uncomfortable, you're going to feel challenged, you may feel frustrated and you may also feel scared. And let me just say that if you feel all of those things, it probably means that you're doing it right. Welcome to the world of being an entrepreneur. The thing is that along the way, along the journey to building your business, you're going to hear an inner voice, which we'll call that quit voice. And that's the voice that tells you terrible things like, who are you to run this business? You can't do this. You don't have any clue. Why would anybody buy coaching services from you? You can't even look after your own well-being. I have no clients. Nothing's working. I might as well give up. Have you heard any of those? Well, I can tell you there are at least 100 other versions of those statements, but those are some of the common ones. And if you've ever heard those voices in your head, this podcast is for you. Let's talk about some quit statistics. You've probably heard the statistics that 95% of businesses fail in the first year of operation. I've heard this for years. I've been in business for more than 25 years and I've heard this ever since I started. But have you ever wondered what it actually means? What is it that causes 95% of businesses to fail? Sure, there's probably mismanagement. There's probably a lack of research into the viability of the, of the niche and the demand for your service. Maybe there's poor marketing or over, overcapitalizing. But I thought about this recently and I thought, what does that mean to me? And what I think it means is that people have given up. Sure, there may be more a, a lack of planning there, a lack of clear thinking, But inevitably, the fact that 95% of businesses fail in their first year of operation means that the business owner has given up. Think about it. It means that the person has lacked grit and persistence because all of the so-called reasons for failure are lessons. They're things that can be overcome. And if you have a growth mindset, you will find a way to overcome those challenges, those things like lack of planning or overcapitalization. You will persist to overcome them. And I want to tell you that success may not come in your first year or even your first two years in business. But I know this, if you truly believe in what you're doing and you know that it's valuable and you persist, you have perseverance then your chance of success increases rapidly. So rather than call these business failure statistics, I'm going to rename them quit statistics. And with that in mind, what does it take to succeed? If giving up or quitting is part of failure, the inability to overcome obstacles, then how do we actually make it work? How do you get your coaching business to be successful and profitable? I've recently been reading Angela Duckworth's book, Grit, and it's a really great book. I highly recommend it. There is a theory described in that book 
that says it will take around 10,000 hours over 10 years to reach an expert level in proficiency in anything that you want to master to do well. Think about what that means in the context of giving up or quitting in your business in that first year or two years or five years. It's just another example of why persistence is so important and is the key to success. People buy from people who are skilled and Maybe in the beginning you won't be that skilled. You'll still be learning your craft, but that doesn't mean you should give up. You need to persist to become really good at what you do. And in the meantime, persistence means that you're going to resist the novelty and freshness of shiny objects. It means that you're going to commit to finishing what you start. Persistence is doing things now that will set you up for success later. There's no quick fix. You're working with the distant future in mind, your vision. You're focused on a clear and definite goal. You have the determination to stick to a course once you've committed to that goal, no matter what. And you don't abandon tasks just because some obstacles have come up. Most importantly, You have a really clear vision of what you want to achieve and you just won't let it go. Those are all the traits of somebody who has perseverance as a strength or persistence. And right now I want to check in with you and say, how many traits of those that I've just listed do you have? And which of those things might you need to sharpen up? Most people don't have all of those traits But when you're truly passionate about something and you feel like you have a big purpose in the world, it makes persistence, as I've just described it, a whole lot easier. It's about connecting to your passion. And I'd like to ask you a couple of questions now. Put your thinking cap on. If you knew that you could succeed if you just persisted long enough in your business, what would happen to your quick voice? And how would that affect your investment, and your commitment to your business. I invite you to really think about those questions and ask yourself and reflect. If you, if you persisted long enough and knew you could succeed, what would happen to your quick voice? And how would that affect your investment and your commitment to your business right now? So that aside... You might have heard all of this and you could be thinking to yourself, sure, but I need to earn an income. What if I'm flogging a dead horse? You don't want to be wasting time. I get it. And this is a really valid question. It's one that you need to answer because it will give you the confidence to commit to your idea and then persist for long enough to achieve your goal. Now, I want to add some context around what I've just said. How can you get the confidence to commit to your idea in the first place? Well, you're going to need to do some research and test the market to know that there's both a need for what you're doing and a demand for your services before you start. And even if you don't have any people who are asking for what you're doing in your own circle, you can see what your competitors are doing in the market and if they're succeeding and whether people are buying other services. So you have to do that research first to figure out if the problem that you want to help solve 
is something that people are paying money to solve already in some capacity. You have to know that. Then there's the reality that you will experience failure along the way. It's a fact. (laughs) You're going to learn lessons about what to do differently and you'll need to tweak and adapt your method or approach. So those are two facts that will set you up for commitment to your business. Doing that research and accepting failure as something that is definitely going to happen. Thirdly, you must be good at what you do, otherwise people won't buy from you. And in the beginning, you may not be that confident, but why did you study in the first place? Did you expect to finish and be perfect at what you do? I'm sure you didn't. You know that it's going to take time and ongoing personal and professional development to become good at what you're doing. 10,000 hours or maybe less. But if you do those three things that research, that acceptance, and that personal and professional development, and you make good connections as as you build your business, then you're likely going to succeed if you persist for long enough. Aside from that, in the real tangible world, you're going to need to find some ways to make money to support you while your business is growing. And at some point, you'll need to start earning income in your business. Otherwise, your business model isn't viable. So you need to have a buffer of income or a part-time job or some sort of income coming in for one to two years to support you as you grow your business. Otherwise, the stress around managing money is going to suck away the creativity you need to build and believe in your business. That's really important. Now let's take about talk about how long it takes to succeed because that's probably the next question you're asking. If I'm running a coaching business or another service-based business, How long is it going to take before I start making money and getting regular clients? And assuming that that's how you're defining success, making a profit consistently for a period of time, and assuming that you're not mucking around or playing small or trying to do everything yourself or staying stuck in fear, assuming that you're not doing those things and you're proactively seeking good quality advice and support to help you develop your business in a viable niche, The time it takes to succeed is going to depend on your grit and persistence. It comes down to you. And I want to give you three examples. The first example is someone who has a physical product or had a physical product and was testing and refining his invention to get it right. I'm talking about Thomas Edison, the inventor of the light bulb. It took him almost three years to test around 3,000 designs for light bulbs And then he got a patent for his light bulb and he spent another year testing 6,000 plants to find a material that would be suitable for the light bulb filament. That's four years almost and thousands and thousands of tests to develop a light bulb. That's commitment. That's perseverance. That's persistence. In the more modern times... (laughs) Let's look at Marie Forleo. Someone told me it took her around 21 years to build her business to where it is today. And she says in an article online that it took her two and a half years of daily online content and posting and presence to build her brand. Two and a half years to build her online presence. 
So that's a good indicator from somebody who's been chipping away at life coaching for years. And I want to give my own example, me, the lowly Melanie J. White in my own health and wellness coaching business in a small community in a country town in New South Wales. It took me six months to develop a program and deliver it as a pilot program to a test audience so I could make the content exactly what they wanted. And then it took about a year for me to earn a full-time income from the full version of that program. That success continued for the next two years. So I was able to earn that full-time income for three years. And at that point, I stopped running that program because I decided to change course in my business. I'd had enough of doing that and I wanted to do something else. But I was able to earn a full-time income every year for three years in my coaching business. So in a tangible sense of income and clients, that's what's possible. And I know others who are doing the same in different sectors of of coaching. According to Angela Duckworth's book, Grit, I mentioned roughly 10,000 hours and 10 years of commitment to a craft before you are at expert level. You can definitely develop a successful business before that. It might take you a year or two. I definitely was not an expert coach when I started my my own coaching business. I'd only been doing coaching and trained about a year or two earlier. So I was about two years into my coaching journey, but didn't have much experience when I started my local business. And so you can be successful ahead of 10 years, but having a high level of skill is, I believe, the true measure of success beyond anything else because it's ultimately what's going to attract people to your business, your skill and expertise. And that only comes with persistence and practice. The message is this. If you follow a really solid roadmap and give something a red-hot go and stick with it, then you'll become good at it and you will succeed. Now, that aside, the quick voice is going to come up and I want to talk about how to silence that quick voice. Hopefully now you have some perspective on what's possible if you put in the time, energy and effort and most importantly, commitment to persist. Maybe right now you're feeling pumped up at the thought of succeeding and that's great. That means that you have the first two magic ingredients of success, persistence as we've described and grit. But beyond that, how do you silence the quit voice when it's going to invariably come up and maybe get in the way of your ability to stick with things? You need to have four other things, passion, courage, focus, and resilience. Passion, courage, focus, and resilience are the things that help you to persist, even when your computer shows the blue screen of death or when you're feeling overly emotional and fragile after a lack of sleep, or when your marketing campaign gets crickets. With passion, courage, focus and resilience, you'll be agile and objective enough to stand back, to learn the lesson, to change track and move on. And to build those four skills, you need to practice self-compassion and to work on developing a growth mindset. So in other words, if you want to cultivate passion, courage, focus and resilience, you need to be kind to yourself, you need to be mindful and you need to learn how to reframe failures as lessons 
and to embrace the discomfort of the unknown, to see that as an opportunity for you to gain new skills and insights. In other words, if you want to silence the quit voice, you need to coach yourself and get used to being uncomfortable. You have to get out of your comfort zone. What makes it easier is to focus on your big why, to keep managing your emotions and to keep reframing failures. When you do this, you're going to become a better coach and you'll be able to make rational decisions in your business. You'll be able to act in a logical, calm and objective way no matter what. And I think some of the early signs that you're getting it right is that you're able to deal with procrastination and overwhelm and fear as it comes up and you'll experience those things less often. Trust me, stick with it. It will be worth it. If you need some support on some of those things, I want to refer you to some of the previous episodes of this podcast to help you get there. Episode four, how to get into the mood to get things done. Episode 59, Becoming Your Future Self. Episode 68, Cultivating Self-Discipline and Self-Regulation. Episode 73, The Three Best Ways to Build Self-Confidence. And Episode 76, The Importance of Self-Compassion. Okay, let's summarise what we've discussed today. Firstly, mental discomfort, being uncomfortable, feeling uncomfortable is part of being a business owner for most people. And on top of that, we all have an inner voice that can turn the tiniest problem into a catastrophe or that will revel in the slightest hint of self-doubt and want to build on it. And then you're going to start telling yourself all the reasons why you should give up on your business. And that's your quit voice talking. It's what causes so many business owners to give up on their business idea or big goal or dream. But the fact is you can do some important groundwork first to make sure that your business idea is viable and that will give you the confidence to truly commit to yourself. And then if you persist and persevere with your idea for long enough, keep troubleshooting along the way, get the right support and keep improving your skills, you will eventually succeed. Your quick voice might pop up along the way and you'll be able to get rid of it or at least management by practicing self-compassion as a regular thing and to work on developing a growth mindset. If you'd like some help to get started on persistence or perseverance, which happens to be one of my signature strengths, thank goodness, you may like to join me in my monthly Habitology membership for personal and professional development. In April 2020, we'll be focusing on stretch goals. So if you're feeling ready to take the plunge, it's a perfect time to commit to yourself. Visit melaniejwhite.com forward slash Habitology for information on the membership and to sign up. Okay, that's it from me for today and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Have a fantastic week and bye for now.